0: Hey everybody, JT here. Just wanted to say something real quick at the start of the episode uh, that when we streamed this we had some audio issues so I had to cut the first like six or seven so minutes out. Um, but in uh, on that note, you should definitely show up to uh, hear the guys make fun of me <laughs> while we're trying to figure things out. It, it is a live show as well as a podcast recording. Obviously you're listening to this so... Um, just uh, follow me on Twitter, at Uh I typically post the, the announcements on there at least a couple of hours ahead of time. So uh, yeah, just follow me on there. Uh, you can also join the discords that are mentioned at the end of most of these podcasts, and uh, I also announce those uh, podcasts on there as well. So yeah, without further ado, uh, enjoy the discussion. Does AAA Suck? maybe. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Um, glad to have you. I'm glad that you were kind enough to show up and have this little discussion with us. Um, today, we're going to be talking about, um, I don't really know how to summarize it, but basically sort of um, games that have been coming out that are sort of challenging the um, the benchmark for what's acceptable. as like a triple-A kind of release, I, I suppose. Uh, in particular, Baldur's Gate 3, among Other games that have come out that I've personally really been been enjoying that I'll bring up later. I think that's kind of the big one in the room, though, that um, really kicked off a lot of this discussion. Um, But before we get into that, um, (laughs) again, do you guys want to kind of tell the audience what it is that you do? Who are you? What do you do? What do you want them to who know about your,
1: you? Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking who about saying daddy daddy <laughs> it. And what does he do? Uh, I'm Mark. Uh, I'm the pastor of Lux Digital Church, JT and Bougie's church. Um, an entirely online church built by gamers for gamers. I also do a decent amount of content creation myself. So I'm the uh, lead host on Legends Cast, which is a podcast about digital card games and physical card games. It's been going for about three or four years. August like, over to f- 2019. So I guess we celebrated four years back in like June. Um, and then uh, I'm also on uh, in that Camp Legend Network, and so I'm also on another show called. Uh, Almost Legends, which is a TTRPG play podcast, and we're playing in Avatar The Last Airbender using the Fate Core system right now. Um, and then I stream a little bit on the Twitches. Uh, my name on Twitch is The Lift. Um, I'm not going to get into the story behind why that is. Just, I don't lift anything. Just assume that 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 i i'll lift your spirits come hang out oh he's incredibly
0: swollen to that sweater don't let him I see.
1: believe so <laughs> cool i put on these xl sweaters not to hide the dad bod but to hide how muscular i am i just that's right i i don't want anybody to know be distracted you know during these sort of things so yeah
0: doesn't want to intimidate anybody
2: mm-hmm. what about
1: you
0: gino
2: yeah i'm uh chino mage uh my name is andy i'm a digital pastor down in tampa florida uh, i also am the director of on ministries for lux digital church i also am a content creator uh primarily i do oh goodness four or five podcasts every single week uh most of them for different church things some of them are movie podcasts one of them is now here uh and it's totally dope i stream a little bit uh i'm nowhere near as much of a pro streamer as mark is so i pray yeah mark is super pro um (laughs) so i uh i'm not super pro so i just like to play video games and and talk with people so yeah very cool to be here also i'm uh i'm tracking college football and uh so if you see me like pump my fist or anything michigan michigan plays in a little bit so i'm gonna be (laughs) watching college football over here congrats gotcha yeah
0: um, and with that, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into what you've been playing lately. I, I think I know what Mark's been playing cause he was literally playing it during the sound test.
1: <laughs> it's not up it could not be up on my second pc right now <laughs> while we're recording there's no way uh yeah so i've been playing the freaking crap out of Baldur's gate 3 let's just see really quick i'm gonna i'm gonna quit out and i'm just gonna see the embarrassing number of hours that i have in it right now so i've been playing i've have i've have 157 hours into Holy pg3 crap. right now Jeez. um and i just left act one i've played a bunch of different characters and finally found one that i didn't love but i l- love uh i love the power i don't love the look um, <laughs> i'm playing a gith yankee uh warlock paladin mix um and Really fun, super super fun. So I've been I've been digging that. Uh, I've been digging myself Baldur's Gate, least recently. Uh, I also am a, uh, I, I checked out DC Dual Force uh, yesterday, really? which is a new digital card game uh, that's coming out from DC that's compete wants to compete with Marvel Snap. Um, And it's really cool. It's a very cool game. Uh, I'm more of a DC fanboy than a Marvel fanboy. And so, like, I've never read a Marvel comic outside of some Civil War stuff, but I've read a lot of New 52 and up a lot of Green Lantern Rebirth, Flash Rebirth, Batman, uh, all of all of the, you know, from Bruce Wayne dying, coming back, New 52, all that sort of stuff. Um, And they do some – I could talk a little while about it. They do some really unique and super cool things in Dual Force that I think is really awesome. You get to play through some of the comics from the New 52. Um, And so, like, you choose your characters and you sort of play through. You get to take two heroes in. Those heroes are representative of a couple of different factions. You get to combine those factions, but it has to be an even split between the two factions for the cards in your deck, which I think is interesting. Their resource system is pretty engaging. Their monetary system is Absolutely 100% predatory. Um, it is, <laughs> it m- might be the most predatory uh, f- like financial play I've ever seen from a card game. Um, not only do you have to buy packs, but certain cards can only be, get- be gotten with real money. You literally cannot earn them. You have to spend uh, real money on them. And there's a battle pass. Um, like and it. the game isn't even released yet. Uh, it, so it's... I, I just took a quick look to get like a decent start like buy the cards that are behind the paywall and get a couple of things, you're you're probably looking at like 70 bucks, oh, 60 geez. to 70 bucks to like, to get a decent start. And then also to get the stuff that's behind a paywall. Uh, and that's what they're like starter bundles and like character bundles and stuff. So uh, that game is dead on arrival. If they don't change and figure out the monetary system uh, a little bit better. It isn't if it, they, if they do change it, the game's actually pretty dope um and then i've been playing a lot of destiny 2 um not a lot i've been playing some destiny 2 uh season of the witch came out and if it wasn't for Baldur's gate i would be so in to season of the witch thematically it's really freaking cool uh i did corda's end corda's run corda's and i remember it's the new raid uh it's a revert like a refurbished uh destiny one raid that they re-released Um, I did a week one, not a uh, not a contest mode, contest modes like the first two days the raids out. It's super hard um, and uh, it's really hard to do. Then after that, you get like a special achievement if you do it within the first week, but it goes like normal difficulty. So I, I went through it. Um, on Normal Difficulty and really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, Destiny 2, Baldur's Gate, Little DC Dual Force, uh, and then Pokemon TCG. Uh, I, I play a little bit of the Pokemon TCG as well. So I've been dabbling around on the online client. And I am excited to hear like Bougie. I know Bougie's also, he's like going to Pokemon Regionals tomorrow oh. or
3: well uh, Sunday. It's, it's still up in the air. <laughs> in the air. <laughs> okay, okay. I, got, I got adulthood things that I need to do and it's just kind of, do I want to go watch other people play video games? Yes. And- Skip out all my adulthood responsibilities or just watch it on Twitch and stay home and do what I got to do at home.
0: So so you're you're considering going to like a like the video game Pokemon regionals. Is that right?
3: So Pokemon regionals is in Pittsburgh for this weekend. Hmm. Uh, Tomorrow is the Masters. It's all the finals tomorrow. Um, But it's like 20 bucks to get in and it's drive downtown at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. I have to practice my speech that I have to deliver for my class on Monday. You know, obviously clean the house, all that jazz. And it's opening week for Steelers on, tomorrow, too, at 1 o'clock. So there, there's a lot of things going on that I'm just kind of like, what do I want to do?
1: You know, I was a you know. pastor in Pittsburgh for a while, and – uh you literally had to run your entire church's schedule around the Steelers' schedule. Yep. Um, and it's so weird, because now, working with Lux, I have to run my team schedules around dungeon, like their D&D night, instead of... Because I'm like, I know that people are dedicated to our church, they'll be here for the things, unless those things happen on D&D night, which is more sacred territory than anything I'm doing. Uh, I would rather navigate around D&D night than Steelers' games, to be fair, because I could care less about Steelers' games, but yeah. still, Yeah. Uh, waking
3: up at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday just to watch a bunch of people play Pokemon card games and video games <laughs> and not participate is it's kind of hurts, that's, but yeah, that's a bit much. We're debating, we're debating still. Um, with that, I guess
0: it's a natural transition to Bougie. What have you been playing, man?
3: I have been playing Starfield. Oh, yeah, um, everybody get hyped for that. Psych, yeah. psych. <laughs> psych, uh, start between so Starfield. If my thing with Starfield I've been kind of doing like a mission and then since Xbox has the the quick resume function, you know, yeah. you just kinda of yep. pause the game and you turn it back on and it starts right there. So I do a mission and then I go play City Skylines for like 20 minutes. And kind of wash the <laughs> taste out of my mouth. Palette a little cleanser, bit.
2: yeah. <laughs> and then I come <laughs> <back>. <laughs> that's really I come what you want to hear. I... I gotta wash the taste of this game out of my mouth. <laughs> um it's like, a, Starfield, it's like a mouthwash.
3: Yeah, yeah. but City Skylines, the new one comes out in October, so I'm kind of trying to get my final fill of the the current one. Um, really, I'm just waiting for Monster Hunter now to drop on mobile. Um, it's going to be crazy for me because it drops on Thursday, and that's the first day of school, so I'm not going to want to sit in class. But that's also the day that Gloomhaven drops on consoles, so I will probably be taking my Switch to school, too, so kind of a double whammy where school will take the backseat on Thursday and I'll be playing Gloomhaven on my switch and Monster Hunter on my phone. So
1: Oof. do you know yeah, what I do you know what I realized when Gloomhaven when I got Gloomhaven on the Epic Game store? I realized how much when I played like the physical copy, how much I must have cheesed the rules to be able to win. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't cheese the rules in the digital one. And I just got my butt whooped so often that I, quit playing it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't, I never thought that I cheated that much. I must've cheated when I was like playing the board game with my buddy way more than I thought. Cause you know, like you sit down and you set it up, it takes an hour to set up. It takes an hour and a half to play a scenario, the teardown. I mean, like you don't want to get to the end of that, like two and a half hour, window today because it's going to take me three years to play through the game anyway with somebody right but you don't want to get to the end of that and be like hey guess what guys we wasted two and a half hours and we get to come back and try this next time mm-hmm. like, you always want to win just want it to feel rewarding and uh, man yeah good luck on the gloomhaven I think you'll like it though because you're like you're a bit more strategic and methodical than I am like I'm, I'm a little bit more of like I just want to role play and like get into the story and things
3: yeah. I think
1: that you'll enjoy gloomhaven digitally more than I did
3: that's uh um... but other than that Star Ocean which we're covering but and Pokemon TCG on my oh
0: um I was going to say uh, that's something that during our our fuga review that's uh, me me and him came to that realization he he really enjoyed the combat a lot i found it to be incredibly stressful <laughs> and he was just able to to navigate a lot of the the encounters way better than i could and i was like I, I i feel dumb playing this game. i don't know but
2: <laughs>
0: uh gino what you been playing man
2: fuga is a nine i'm looking at it right now it got a nine out of ten on the steam store like Not it's on like this show. One of, <laughs> i'm just telling you i'm just telling you it's uh it's got a nine out of ten on the on the steam store um yeah i've been uh poking at starfield i've got about two hours in starfield i'm like bougie i gotta like i haven't had a whole lot of time this week anyway we just we've had some stuff going on in our family and i played i downloaded starfield when it came out tuesday well i had it ready to go tuesday and i i started it now and immediately in the very first quest had the main one of the main guys his name's barrett I was watching, I was talking to him right out. I mean, he came running up to me after I killed a bunch of space pirates or no, there was like space pirates coming or something. I killed them all. I ran him back, ran back to him and he was talking to me. And then he just went whoop and dropped right through the map (laughs) and then was gone. I was like, what? (laughs) And, uh, and so that happened. And then I got to a city called new Atlantis and I rode this train into like this, uh, looks like the league of extraordinary gentlemen, like house uh, where there's a bunch of people and I threw an artifact on a table and the artifact flew, uh, floated. And then my artifact never came down. It just hovered there. And then I went and talked to one of the ladies. Who's like this blonde lady named Sarah. And all of a sudden she just started T posing and spinning. And I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a typical Bethesda game.
3: Standard.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, felt right at home. Felt like I was playing fallout four again. So I might give that, I might let that one simmer for a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm still poking at it occasionally. Uh, it's just, it, it's fine. Uh, it, I just I, I got Baldur's Gate right now, which is what I've been playing. Uh, as I was telling the guys before, I just defeated this demon called Your Gear in the middle of the second act that I've been trying to defeat for like a week off and on, and finally beat him this morning and like was pumping my fist in triumph because this guy was a just a like a beast literally. And uh, I don't know that game is that gives me. I know we're gonna talk about it a whole lot more, but that game is just consuming everything that's going on. Uh, Those things. Plus, I've been playing uh, a a game that uh, perhaps you've heard of. It's called Ticket to Ride. Uh, I've been playing a a board game called Ticket to Ride with my son and my daughter. And they really like Ticket to Ride. And I'm pretty ambivalent about it. Uh, I just, it's fine. Uh, I'd rather play something that has a little less cards uh, just because that's me. Uh, And, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good week have a similar
0: opinion of ticket to ride it's just it's fine um
2: it's not, it's not bad like i don't mind it uh it's just there's it just feels a little unwieldy to me at times i agree like it just it it's uh and and and, and like and i i would never say this to my 13 year old but like i can destroy him if i wanted to like i could just crush his hopes and dreams in that game uh and i don't because i'm Trying to be a good dad.
0: I'll be sure he never hears this podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have been uh, mostly playing um, this new game that came out what a week ago, I think, called Sea of Stars. I can't shut up about it. It's uh, it's super duper freaking good. It's made by Sabotage Studios, who also made um, a little known platformer uh, uh, called The Messenger. I yeah. uh, Love that game. A couple years ago. I uh, found out this is actually like a like a prequel of sorts to that game, so that's pretty
2: interesting. Um, it is in the same world, right? Th- that's what I've heard. Because I, I, the messenger, like the, good stuff about this. The lore behind the messenger was like, did you ever play that game? I'm going to. <laughs> it was it was so cool. Like I've got it sitting on my Switch right now. It is so cool.
0: Yeah, I'm probably gonna buy it after. Like I, I like I'm playing this on the uh, PlayStation Plus catalog, and I like it so much. Whenever the physical copy comes out, I'm buying a physical copy. I'm like, mm. just straight out. Um, heck, I might get it on Steam just so I can stream it again or something. That'd be really cool. Uh, but, like, the way I have, uh, described this game to a lot of people is, like, e- every good thing in a JRPG in the last, like, 25 years is in this game. It is so freaking good. There's not a single, outside of, like, a couple of dumb names, like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's the, per- it's 11 out of 10. Perfect game. Never played a so every it's, game.
2: It's turn-based, right?
0: <laughs> it's turn-based. They do like the, um, they do a few different things. There's a little chrono trigger in there with the combo attacks. Um, there, say more. The, yeah, exactly. That started there for a reason. There's the uh, Super Mario RPG kind of deal where um, if you uh, go to attack and you hit X at the right time, you'll do some extra yeah. damage. Um, they have this unique system called locks where an enemy can be charging. Uh, some strong attack or something. And you'll see a series of symbols pop up above their head with a turn timer. And, um, if you can knock all those symbols out before that timer runs out, you can, you can take their turn basically. Hmm. Um, what else? Uh, graphics are freaking amazing. The characters are really well written. Um, there are ultimate attacks. I only have two right now out of the five characters I have. So there's still a lot of game left. And I I think I'm about halfway through.
2: Is there a playable frog?
0: not yet <laughs> oh, Dang it. maybe later i don't know but yeah no it's it's super duper good uh and on that i've also been chipping away at star ocean uh, i think i'm right before our first stopping point that's the next game we're covering on this show, oh, by the show you're playing
1: sea of stars and
2: star lot, ocean a lot of like a yeah. lot of like water water a stuff, stuff. Yeah, a lot of space star stuff yeah star
0: field <laughs> I was say, there's a lot, a lot of stars stuff lately. I don't, I don't know what's what's up with that. Uh, but yeah, most, mostly mostly those two games. I did just beat Final Fantasy VI for the first time. Uh, I thought it was oh. really good.
2: Which which ending did you get?
0: There's, there's multiple endings. I didn't know there's multiple. Endings.
2: <laughs> there is. What what it happened? Feels bad. Now you
1: got to play it two more. Oh
2: god. <laughs>
0: um. Uh, they they escaped on an airship and yep. Tara let her hair down
2: okay all right you got that one okay cool 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 okay i gotta play yeah. the game again now okay yeah <laughs> there's another one where kefka kefka does some stuff and it's it's interesting okay like he, yeah he, he shows up on the airship
0: i um honestly after playing that game I, I made the argument and a lot of people don't like this is an unpopular opinion but i think it holds water based on some of the remakes we've gotten i think that game could use a, pre, a presentation overhaul. the story is amazing but it's just like, you can only do so much with the SNES, you know? And some of those scenes I couldn't take totally seriously. But I, I still understood what was going on, you know? So it'd be cool to see something like that. I've heard I, I've heard people uh, clap back with like, oh, they don't need to touch it. That'd be stupid. They'd ruin it. It's like, yeah, but the Pixel Remaster's out. Just go play that. Like, it's not going to ruin it. <laughs>
2: just, yeah, just, I want just... to see the opera. I want to see the opera in 3D. That's what I want.
0: Did you ever play the Pixel Remaster? Yeah. Okay, so you saw what they did with... Yeah, that was... I want to see that for the rest of the game. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, it, it was it was great. I'm talking like I want to see fully realized, like, mm-hmm. at, like capped people doing, it. Oh, like uh, like they did with the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah, that game I was. Main, see that. Yeah, I want to see that.
0: Uh, and on that note, I guess that that helps us segue pretty well into our topic, uh, which is something on the along the lines of Baldur's Gate Three came out, and Blizzard was big mad.
2: <laughs> um. Basically, hey guys. huh? Hey
1: guys, this, this game's too tough for us. This game, oh, this <laughs>
2: game's really good. We haven't put a lot of work into overwatch two. You're showing us up here
0: pretty much. Yeah. That's the general consensus. And, um, B- Bougie actually gave us some good context here. And it was essentially the, that Larian from my understanding is, um, they're self-sufficient. They're not, you know, they don't have any body to answer to really. Um, so I don't know if they, Divinity just sells so well that they're just able to do this, which is you know great if that's the case. Um, but they're in this unique position where they're able to really sit down and, and polish uh, these games that they're making. I'm guessing with a uh, Baldur's Three or Baldur's Gate Three, it was probably the the um, early access stuff, right? That kind of helped them keep chugging along basically for this.
2: Yeah, there's there's two things actually. Larian has. They're independently, like they're an independent studio, but Tencent, of course, everybody knows Tencent, owns like 20 or 30% of their studio, and they fund some of their studio. So that's kind of one of the things that Blizzard, I think, under the surface was a little bit angry about, Hmm. because Blizzard's like, whoa, wait a minute, we've got all this money and we can't make a good game, and yet Larian is sitting here cranking through an early access game for what, four or five years? No, three years, I think it was out?
0: Something like that, Yeah. 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 Uh, and then on the on the flip side, um, again, Sea of Stars. I don't know how big Sabotage Studios is. I can't imagine they're they're huge. Um, but you know that that is like just straight up uh, an indie group, and they've they've made you know top three RPGs I've ever played in my life so far. Um, and this all sort of falls onto the the question or the, um, the statement, I guess, of well, everyone shouldn't be expected to make Baldur's Gate 3, you know? Uh, I think that's a really dumb thing to say. <laughs> I, I think it's short-sighted. Um, and I think really the issue here is that, um, you know, just like with movies or, uh, or even comics to some extent, uh, games have sort of been turned, or I guess mainstream games, or AAA studios, right? They've kind of been turned into these just factories, basically. They just pop out thing after thing that's done well in the past, and they don't really tend to innovate a whole lot. They kind of just, like Diablo 4, right? I haven't played it, but I've seen enough of it. Bougie could probably talk more on this. But from what I've heard and seen, it's kind of just more of the same with better graphics and some extra classes or something. Is that accurate?
2: Not even extra classes.
0: Not even, yeah, not even extra classes.
1: Same classes, <laughs> better graphics, lots of opportunities yeah. to spend real money.
3: <laughs> yeah, so what it's Blizzard does best? It's mm-hmm. like $100 for the game if you bought the Collector's Edition, $15 for the Battle Pass if you want that, and then another $20 if you want skins or cosmetics and stuff. And that pretty much sums up the Four for right now, and that Season 1 did nothing to the game other than just give you some items um it's kind of like look and blizzard said that season two may bring about some of the changes that the community is asking for but season two is not coming until like around november i think so they're not even hard ass that the community is asking for they're asking for gems not to take up precious inventory space you mm-hmm. know or don't mess with the experience modifiers when playing with a group because that was one of the weird things blizzard nerfed like playing with friends kind of gets you less experienced than playing by yourself. And
2: mm, just,
1: I love it, being punished for playing with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, what's great. The best thing about video games is more loneliness. So yeah. Yeah. please don't reward well, me for finding people to hang out with. Please punish me. Better yet, I make think... me play with randoms for full XP, mm. and only punish me when I play with people on my friends list.
3: Mm. It's it's so weird with what they did, you know. And the community is also asking for just balance changes. They added all this stuff to kind of kind of balance the stats, and in return, all they did was basically nerf two classes to the ground where they can't even really function at high level gameplay. So it's it's a weird spot, and it. Pat, This first season was so bad, I don't, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it, but this first season was so bad that Blizzard had to have an emergency podcast to basically apologize for it one week yep. after dropping the Season after dropping season 1. And in which case they were like, we never want to make another patch like this again. Sorry guys, we'll try and do better next time. After you've probably already dropped $135 on the game. <laughs> That's,
1: that's, that's well, I mean, I think uh, you guys sent that's me up, like a YouTube video, basically, where a guy went through, like, because I think the thing that started this whole thing, right, was a tweet by somebody from uh, I don't know, are they from a developer from Blizzard or something.
3: He's a developer from another company, yeah. Yeah, he's but from uh, No More Robots, I actually. I think.
1: Okay, and basically what they so. said was, "Hey, don't expect Baldur's Gate 3 to change the industry. This can't be the standard." it's completely unobtainable um, yes. and you don't know how hard it is to develop games. Um, well, and I think what's really interesting is it actually pairs really well with another conversation, which is like how, how, you just see like discrepancies between what developers can put out, right? And Laren's a big studio. Blizzard's obviously a huge studio, right? right? And there's big differences between what those two, you know, it's not like you're comparing apples to oranges, right? You're kind of you're comparing AAA studio to AAA studio. And in the same way, you have like um, Game Freak and then the people who do Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild, right? And you have like, okay, we get one of the most buggy and poorly put together. <laughs> Pokemon games that have ever come out um and like right around the same time you know within six months we get tears of the kingdom which you look at that game and you're like I cannot figure out how much how they got so much data crammed onto this little switch cartridge right yep. I just I yep. can't comprehend it right uh and then and then yeah I don't know I think it's just a really uh you I don't know I, I feel like In a lot of ways, like you just you're taking a look at those two things, you're comparing them and you're saying, why shouldn't we expect more from companies like Blizzard and companies like Bungie and some of these, you know, really large, you know, companies like Bethesda who have Microsoft money running through them now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I I guess like there's Hasbro money running through Laren now, but still like there's a lot of companies out there that have a lot of money and they're just not, you know, they're not using it well.
2: So I guess Mark. Oh, go ahead.
3: No, no, you, no, Mark, do you think that Baldur's Gate three is an anomaly slash unicorn, or do you think this is the new standard? That kind of is the hot, the hot, button topic right now. I
1: think it's like I think it's ahead of its time. I think it's ahead of its time. I think that there will be other games that will. I think it will be the standard. But I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be the standard for the next RPG that comes out. I don't. You know, I, I, the question is right. This kind of was the standard, though, right? There's. I think some of the things that are really cool about Baldur's Gate is there's a certain extent in which this was the standard. Not the scope of the game. Nothing's had this. In my experience, there's been nothing with the scope of this. But the buy it for seventy dollars and you own it, and we're not going to try to peddle anything else on you. And here's a really good game that you could play for endless hours. Um. Have fun, right? It's just not a model that you're seeing. And so it's not just a conversation around uh, like, hey, your game is crap. Um, but it's also a conversation around like, hey, we could really use some like not, some non-predatory models. Would be really, mm-hmm. really great to see in our video games, you know?
2: There's a, Bougie, you talk about this being the model. Like, Baldur's Gate was this back in 98 and 99 when Baldur's Gate 1 dropped. And then when Baldur's Gate 2 dropped in, what, 2003, 2004, this was the model. Like, this is a, this yeah. is your typical CRPG thing, the computer RPG, kind of isometric. You can kill quest giver. You know, everybody talks about freedom, and freedom is just like, oh, you can kill a quest giver, and, like, that quest is completely wiped off. It doesn't have plot armor or anything like Starfield does, which I tried to kill— uh, an actual quest giver, and they don't die, they just kind of crawl around on the floor and then they pop back up 10 minutes later. Oh, that's the just... old
1: Skyrim treatment.
2: That's the that's they got they got plot armor, that's what they got. Uh, I just wanted to see if it worked. Um, but but Mark's right, the scope of it is not, but like I, I think there's an interesting thing that happened right around Star Wars Battlefront 2 Battlefield or Battlefront? Battlefront. What was the one too. that had all the loot boxes?
0: Oh, um. Battle yeah, front. yeah, that was Battlefront. Battlefront, Battlefront, Star Wars. Battlefront. That
2: was what five years ago when everybody freaked out on EA because they were doing loot boxes, and it was a, it was kind of a, just a, a mid game anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and it, then it they, was non
1: cosmetics, right? It was like it wasn't. Cosmetics, it was legit stuff. Was yeah.
2: yeah, no, it was like it was pay to win stuff. Yes, like he, you, they, they were they were hiding characters and maps and guns and all sorts of upgrades behind it. And I, I think ever since then, a couple of companies have not gotten off of that. EA being one of them, mm-hmm. Blizzard being one. I mean, I, uh, we were talking, I think, right before the show about something, and I immediately thought about Diablo Immortal, the pay to win Diablo Immortal. Like, you could spend, what was it, $10,000 and still yeah. not beat the game or something?
0: It was 10000 like, and you still wouldn't be like fully geared out or whatever. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, what is that crap? That's a mobile game. Like, I'm not paying $10,000 for anything, let alone a mobile game. Uh, so, going back to the scope of the thing, like, A couple of companies haven't gotten off it, but I think there has been such a huge pushback that companies like Larian, companies like... I mean, I'm not going to say Tencent because they own a whole bunch of other like money farms. Everything, yeah. Yeah, but but you're seeing some smaller companies that have really pushed back on that notion, and they have said, no, no, we're just going to give a good game. Uh, Also, this is, in my opinion, this is a a reaction to the subscription model of everything. Every single app now has a $5 a month subscription. Netflix is now more expensive than it used to. Disney Plus is now going up in price for over a couple dollars a month. And, and you know, price creep happening all over the place. Consumers are pushing back and saying like, no, I'm just going to find something else to do because there's just such a wealth of entertainment. And then all of a sudden this gem of Baldur's Gate 3 drops. M- mind you, it, they pushed up the release date to get out ahead of Starfield. Because it was supposed to release the same week as Starfield. And they said, no, I don't
1: think they needed to. I think they would have kicked its tail, to be honest with you.
2: I agree with you now that now that we're seeing a lot of the Metacritic stuff come out. But but even then, like, I think that was an even more of a huge uh, argument in its favor to be the new standard for what is accepted of a game. And the other thing, Baldur's Gate 3 got pushed back a couple of times. And they openly said, hey, we're going to push this back, not because we're trying to squeeze more money or anything, but because we want to make it good. And how many times do you see a game like Starfield come out? I I would have been fine with waiting another month for Starfield if I didn't have my main quest giver in the very first mission drop through the map. Like, I would have been fine with that. I never would have known the difference. But now that I have that, I immediately am always going to be walking into that game thinking like man this robot who's following me around he could just drop through the map at any point right like that's that's a crap way to live
0: yeah i agree um i think i think a common thread that i'm picking up in a lot of what you guys are saying and uh just like a lot of the um the quality issues because i mean that that's what this is really about at the end of the day is quality issues it's just like listen you guys are technically you know triple a video game developers quotations (laughs) and you're not able to take all this freaking money and all these people uh, on computers or or whatever it is that they're doing to make these games and um and you're not able to make this this work in such a way where first of all it's not worth sixty dollars it's dang sure not worth seventy dollars and every now and then you you know you'll get your um you'll get your like god of war ragnarok which is you know same big studio, but they managed to hit it out of the park. I don't know what they did differently. I don't know if they just take their time, if they have the money to take their... Because, I mean, you know, a lot of it is money um, to keep people fed and housed and, you know, being able to do these jobs. So it, it does run out eventually. I, I, I understand that. But um, I'm kind of going on a tangent here. What I, what I was trying to say is I think one of the bigger issues... Uh, that I'm I've been picking up on for a while here and kind of what you guys are getting at is like they just don't seem to want to make just like a project and just release it and 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 that's it and they leave it alone you know they they have to make this thing last forever Diablo 4 has to last for 10 years or something uh you know Starfield's probably going to get two, three, four DLCs to go with it to make it last another 10 years or, or who knows how long. Uh, they don't till. have to
1: put out DLCs. They'll just re-release
0: it. Yep. Or, they just, or they'll just re-release it. Guys,
1: <laughs> guys, you bought it for PlayStation 5. What do you think about buying it for PlayStation 5? <laughs> hey, yeah, you want to do it again?
2: The HD upgrade. And
0: and uh, a big one for me is, uh, is actually Pokemon. I know a lot of people here are Pokemon fans. Um, I don't necessarily have an issue with Pokemon, but you see stuff like, um, I think it was Mark who, who brought up the, the last game was such a, um, a divisive game. Cause you had the fans who are just like, like, ah, it's fine. You know, it's Pokemon. I can deal with the bugs that they, they, they aren't breaking the game for me. And then you have people who, who look at it and go, I paid $70 for this. This is unacceptable. This is, this is ridiculous. You know, those are the two sides, and I look at it as a company who's been chugging along from a breakout success since like, what, 99? 99. Uh, 99 or something, yeah.
1: yeah and they've, 99.
0: And they are just squeezing every drop of, of inspiration and money out of this thing that they can possibly get. They haven't, you know, an ice cream cone is a Pokemon. <laughs> um, the, the new legendaries are motorcycles, uh, stuff like that. Um, it's just all over the place now. And I, I'm the kind of guy who looks at a project and I go, you know what? That was good. It's over, though. It's time to move on. <laughs> you know? And Game Freak could do that. I don't think Nintendo's going to let them. They already tried that with well, what? Little Town Hero?
2: I don't think their shareholders are going to let them. Yeah, whoever's in Definitely charge know. of all that—they're
0: like Pokemon's not going anywhere.
2: It'll be here. Pokemon th- is printing money in target stores across the world. Right now. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like well, it'll be here long after we're dead. It's.
1: <laughs> I listened to a Pokemon podcast called Metapod, and um, they—which is a really great name, by the mm-hmm. way. Yes, um, it is. That's good. They, I guess there's—I guess there's like a Japanese version of Indeed. Um, where you, like, leave reviews for, uh, like, the company that you worked for. And I guess a lot of the reviews for Game Freak are, like, pretty negative. Um, Not in terms of, like, the toxicity of their environment, but just in terms of, like, the company hasn't invested in upgrading tech. So, like, all of Mm. their, all the stuff they're coding with and everything they're doing to create with is, like, four years behind industry standard. Um, They have a lot of people who've been there since Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. Who are kind of still sitting in the wow. driver's seats and like are really sort of entrenched in the ways that they've done things, and so it's like it's almost like it's been like the Pokemon Game Freak Center. There is, and it's a really small studio too. Like it's super small. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a hundred people or something like that that makes the Pokemon games. is super It's not it's not big, and um, I, what's really interesting is kind of like it's like an echo chamber, right? Of like. They don't really really invite anybody new or innovative into like they don't really wanna hey, we found a formula and we print one of these things every two years. And the years in between they usually a lot of times I think they, they outsource another company to like update like when they came out with Omega Ruby and or whatever it was, mm-hmm. Super Emerald. Um when they like remake older games, which they haven't done Heart Gold and Soul Silver yet, so I know that that would be remaking a remake, but I would like it. Please. Thank you. Um, and so even as a Pokemon fan, I haven't played Violet yet because this is like, uh, man, I don't know. It, it, even liking like the intro of it, I, I still just haven't sat down and put the time. in to be fair, I haven't put the time into Tears of the Kingdom to play it yet either. Um, and I thought I was going to I thought that was going to be like uh, I'm taking off you know, work for a week to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, But I thought the same of, of Diablo four. Like I thought this one I haven't even bought Diablo four. Um, but I thought like, yeah, this is gonna be the game. And I was like, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a couple of months and then I'll dive into it maybe in season two if it is like reviewed really, really well. Well, obviously it is not. Yeah, I'm probably not, not doing that. You know, Baldur's Gate's the only one that's really captured me this year in a year of a lot of great games. But you you said something, JT, that I think is really insightful too. Um, in the board gaming world, we call different games lifestyle games, and so like Warhammer. 40k for example is a lifestyle game Hmm. meaning like if you play warhammer 40k you very likely play no other games because it is too much money too much time too much energy painting minis preparing armies just playing the game itself takes hours and there's a certain amount of a goal inside of the gaming world right now to make every game a lifestyle game like every game this is the only game that you play and you will play it until we release the next version of it And that's kind of the goal is to keep you hooked with content forever. Um, And I think that Baldur's Gate 3, Elden Ring, the uh, God of War Ragnarok, I think those are kind of like breaths of fresh air amongst that ecosystem of saying, hey, we might put out some DLCs. You know, you might have a little shop thing that you, but mostly, like you're just buying the game and finishing the game. We hope you enjoy the game. Here it is. Yeah. Um. You know, fair fair exchange of money. Give us seventy bucks, we'll give you a complete and really great game. You're gonna get X amount of hours out of it. And most gamers are saying, like, I don't have time to play the games that I have anyway. Um, I'd love a game that's contained. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now MMOs were kind of the first one to get the the corner on that market, right? Like World of Warcraft subscription model, like. Um, hey this is a lifestyle game and I don't mind MMOs being lifestyle games like I get that most people who play an MMO religiously play nothing else they only play that game right Um, but I don't don't like it whenever all of my other games also want to be that you know Hmm.
3: yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense that's why one of my favorite games is Monster Hunter because it's like you get your monsters they may release a new monster every now and then but once you're done with the game you're done with the game and as a father who rarely has time to play to begin with, I don't want to per se buy a battle pass and only get you know a quarter of the way through, and it's like, well, now I either have to neglect my family to finish this thing because I paid for it, mm-hmm. or I just have to accept the fact that I'll never finish it and I wasted money, which wasting money is never a good thing to do. So, you no, know, I I haven't played Baldur's Gate three, but I can appreciate the fact that you know it's contained. It's finished, it's polished. And, you know, I would assume once you, even if you dump three, four, or 500 hours into it, like you've got your field and you've definitely gotten your money's worth. You know, um, like with Diablo 4 and Destiny and some of these other games that just have these constant battle passes and stuff, like that just turns me off, you know, from the jump. And not to mention buggy messes and things like that just not a good recipe so i think larian definitely set the bar high you know and i definitely think the bar should be there and other studios should rise up to the occasion i just don't think it's the reality you know i think there's just too much money going into things and just too many greedy people you know behind the scenes that are just you know like pokemon you know the reason why it's kind of so bad is because they have to stick to such a strict time schedule because if that game doesn't come out then the cards don't come out then the anime doesn't come out then the toys don't come out and it's just it's you know there's just so much greed behind these things and it's it's getting to the point where i want to play a game like empire survivors you know it's just it's five dollars you play it for 15 minutes you're done you move on to
2: the next thing, you 15 know. Fifteen minutes. Try like fifteen years. <laughs> I'm just going to continue. I I still pop into Vampire Survivors probably twice a week and play one or two runs, just because it's like my it's one finger playing, and I'm just sitting there watching TV on my Steam Deck with my wife. Don't smirch <laughs> the good name of Vampire Survivors.
3: But no, I mean you have these other games that are just phenomenal, like Hollow Knight and Shovel. Was it Shovel Knight? Shovel Knight. Um, yeah. Um, Celeste, like these single like indie studios who are dropping these amazing games, you know, that are not sixty, seventy dollar price tags with a battle pass. And they're just as fun. You know And I, I think these AAA studios could you you would think they would take the hint and just be like, we don't need a battle pass to make a great game. You no, know, we don't need countless DLCs to make it. Let's if we have to push the game back, you know, or have an early access for five years to drop something fun, not buggy, contained and West, then just let it be it will sell itself i mean i think according to that video or something i watched Baldur's gate 3 is averaging like eight hundred and thirty thousand players per day
2: on steam that's alone that's only on steam too holy that's yes. only on steam like that's steam, crazy it like
1: concurrent. it's like the highest ever concurrent player rate
2: yeah, yeah.
1: which is like for me so, that's why i'm saying like these other games that you're talking about bougie like there's too much greed in it Hopefully, like greed greed responds to success and money, right? And so hopefully they look at this and they were like, Ha ha Laren, you're idiots. Like you're never really gonna make any money. How are you gonna make any money up a game that's this ambitious and doesn't have uh you know a monetary system that's gonna keep breaking in money every month for you? And hopefully they see by what they've put out there that like not that is actually possible. Like the there is actually a community. It kind of reminds me of like the world, a little bit of, like, the world of movies, right, to a certain extent, right? So you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of Disney movies that come out now for kids, animated movies specifically, that have a lot of subliminal messaging in them that maybe you don't agree with, you know, and you're like, I don't really want this to have influence. And then a company that comes out that made, like, the Super Mario movie comes out, Mm -hmm. and it does so freaking well because there's no reason for controversy around it. Like, people just enjoy it. Like, it's just like, oh, and I think that, like, the consumer's response to what industries are putting out eventually has to like, I would hope eventually changes and they like position more towards like, Oh, actually maybe if we don't make a movie with a (laughs) really strong political slant to it, people will be more prone to watch it in droves and just enjoy it. And we'll make more money that way. Maybe, maybe we're actually not a lobbying committee down here in Orlando. Right? Like that's my hope is like, in this my hope is the Baldur's gate 3 would have a similar impact on the gaming industry um to say like we don't actually have to have predatory monetary models in order to make money where we just try to make the whales pay for the game um and and you know keep it keep it alive but who knows you know
2: lips to god's ears man your lips to god's ears i think it's um <clears throat> Just to touch on something that
0: you said there, you know, maybe we shouldn't make a movie with a political slant. I don't know where these these companies got the idea that, like, most normies cared about any of that anyway. <laughs> it's like we just we just kind of want, you know, entertaining stuff to escape from nah. my terrible factory job or whatever.
2: <laughs> I, I, I disagree with that, just knowing where I live. And uh, at least here in this area of Florida. Mark talked about Orlando, at least in Orlando, where a lot of the things are being shipped off from. Off from. Even where I used to live in Atlanta, uh, highly politicized, highly volatile environments, where people will turn every single billboard into something political if they could.
0: Do you, Do you think that's more of a city thing or or, or what? Because I've I've never lived, like I've never I've been to Atlanta. I've never lived there though. You
2: I know? think. I you mean city in terms of like larger population center area?
0: Yeah, because like the the culture in a city is going to be different from the culture in like where I live. I live more in a weird suburban, like small
2: town kind of area. I think I think you're spot on with it being city more. You know, with, with with larger areas of cultural change, especially happening. So like here in the Tampa area, we've got uh, a lot of a lot of left versus right, a lot of. Like Republican versus Democrat, because this this area used to be highly Republican, and now there are uh, waves of people coming from places like New York and people from you know San Francisco and California that have all moved here that have contributed to this being the second or third most expensive housing market in the country, which is totally awesome, let me tell you. Uh, but the the bringing all those ideals in has very much politicized our area, and so if you you put up a billboard. It and there have been many billboards that have been like um, people throwing paint and things at them, you know, like shooting shooting paintball guns at them because they don't agree with like something about Culpepper and Curland, who is like a lo- a local lawyer around here, and they said like something like sack the competition because Brad Culpepper used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and yada yada yada. Okay, but. That turned into like this big hot button issue because it was like somebody took it in the wrong way and like, OK, sack. And now we're talking about LGBTQ rights and all sorts of stuff. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is just a, this is just a a lawyer trying to advertise for his services. And they had to take it down. That's happening all over the place, at least in the larger population centers that I have been experiencing. And so when a movie comes out, like what was the Disney one that just came out? The Red? What is that?
0: Oh, um, Turning Red. Turning red. The yeah turning red
2: and there was like a whole big controversy there that was a huge deal here like that, that was talked about in our churches around here for weeks and i i feel like i didn't see anything else except in our churches and on twitter and that was it
0: well i mean twitter you're definitely gonna see it but um yeah. i guess to get back to the topic at hand one question yeah, that's sorry. oh no it's cool i i did that <laughs> um one question that's been kind of ruminating in my, in my mind, uh, which is actually based off of, um, the tweet that the Bougie shared, um, how, how, like, how um, cause it's a relationship, right? Between creator and consumer, you know, it, it, you can't get around that there, there's some sort of relationship, uh, whether it be, you know, gracefully gifted gifts or, uh, battered consumers who just take the slop they're given. <laughs> um how uh i guess fair do you think it is for us to demand like like a higher bar because you know um the bar can kind of only go so high really like realistically and you know i don't know maybe technology changes that in the next 20 years i don't know but with with you know storytelling writing um i guess graphics at some point it's gonna it's gonna hit peak and there's it's going to be very difficult to break that um at what point do we just as consumers go and you know here's an example uh, final fantasy 16 it is not a 10 out of 10 game but you know what it was it was decent it was fine I, I wish some stuff was better but i'm not going to give square crap over making um a complete product you know that that i honestly thought um The story was was really good especially from a christian perspective i actually thought that was incredible what they did with that gameplay wise could have been a good bit better (laughs) so yeah that's my question like like how how fair do you think it is for us to demand that kind of thing
2: i mean consumers vote consumers vote with their dollars right that's capitalism yeah and By and large, like, no, we don't have to accept any slop. But the problem is, is that we have for years upheld companies like Blizzard, who has, I mean, how many good games has Blizzard put out in the last 10 years? Good ones in the last 10 years. They've been, in my opinion, Overwatch, which was like, let's say it it was a good game. Overwatch is a good game. Overwatch 2, complete trash. Uh, Diablo 4. I'm not gonna call it complete trash, but I'm just gonna call it like a waste of time. What else has Blizzard put out in the past 10 years that has resonated? Nothing. They've been living off the table scraps of Wow, which is a 20 plus year old game. 20 year old game. Uh still sucking past up the whole. Haven't been good. <laughs> that yeah, you're not wrong. Wasn't there one that just came out that everybody liked?
3: Dragonflight's Dragon like... kind of good, but that's due. That's like a year now, but yeah.
2: Yeah. So we we have gotten used to our comforts, our comfort studios, especially Blizzard being one of them. I, I look at I look at EA all the time. Like, how is EA still in business? How how does EA continue to put out a, a Madden game, which is by like a, usually not that great every year? They put out now they're finally putting out NHL games, which have not been that great every year. They just got kicked off of the FIFA license, which I think is fine. They're going to put out EA, EA FC, which is going to be not that great of a game. And then they'll put out, like, absolute crap of, like, Star Wars game and then whatever else they're going to do. Aren't aren't they publishing Apex? Like, congratulations, they've got Apex. But, like, I I can't think of a really good EA title again in the past 10 years because consumers have gotten used to just saying, like, oh, that's an EA game. I'm going to try it. I'm going to buy it. And so we're just used to it. But I I think we can vote with our dollars. We can vote with our eyeballs and vote with our time and say, like, no, I'm not going to play your crap game, man. And i
0: i would agree with that um i think i think where i sort of um, get a little concerned with that is uh generally i'm not too sure how many people care or pay that much attention like the the amount of things i've seen people praise that are just absolute garbage or, or talk up like like you know starfield will we'll use starfield as, as an example like yeah um and now that it's out you hear nothing but but um about the bugs and stuff uh, i haven't heard anything about the story or or any of that not really um but because bethesda you know they've been making elder scrolls since like the ms dos days and they they have a reputation for making um just these gigantic epic you know uh, world simulators basically um Starfield uh, was announced what a year or two ago, something like that. And ever since the the announcement, there are those people who just they just they hype it up to themselves. And when it comes out, bugs or no bugs, they will play it, and they they tend to just praise it and ignore any of the flaws, you know. And I mean that's fine. You can do that. Like I said, FF16 it's a perfectly fine game. It's definitely flawed. I don't, I don't think it's worth seventy bucks personally, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I kind of forget where I was going with that. <laughs>
2: that's, that's in that's in every area of media, though. Like, I mm-hmm. uh, I can think of, like, a, a number of my favorite bands that I grew up with that would put out an album, and I'd be like, this is the best album I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. And, or like, you know, I'd, I'd hear, like, one single, like, oh my gosh, this album's gonna blow my mind. And then the whole album would come out, and that single would be the best song off the album. You know, you don't have that so much nowadays, because artists have learned that, and so they drip feed everything into Spotify and you get an EP here and an EP here and five songs here and five songs here and artists can be a little bit more focused in what they're doing but like that's that's movies like people how many friggin' Marvel uh, picture or uh, Marvel TV shows have come out in the past two two or three years I feel like there's a new one every week my son and I make it a point to watch everything Marvel most of the time so we can laugh at it and we watched the most recent um, the alien what is it Uh, yeah secret Secret invasion. invasion It was awful. It was like it was it was trash, and it had like Samuel Jackson and Amelia Clark and that dude from uh, one of the Harry Potter movies, and there was like three or four really good actor actor. Uh, what's her name from The Crown was in there. It was awesome. It they, they was supposed to be really good, and like and it was just trash. And we watched it because it was Marvel, and because it was something to do. You know, everybody is just that, that we're just kind of programmed to do all of that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good way to put that. Actually, programmed. It's it's like um this is a thought that came to mind <laughs> talking about just making these games like the the lifestyle game right you get you get kind of caught up in these things uh, or even uh, even uh, I forget who it was who was explaining game freak but the the thought uh, comfortable suffering came to mind <laughs> 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 you know what I mean and uh, it's just it's just it's funny how uh. We humans tend to just get caught in that, you know, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. Like, again, I hate my job, but I'm there cause it pays the bills and, you know, um, it's, it's hard to break out of that because of the fear of, of change, I guess the fear of trying to find that new thing, you know, and, just, uh, where that could go.
1: I do, do want to point out that in 1999, uh, EA did put out, uh, beetle adventure racing, um, well, that was a great game. I forgot about that game until yeah. I looked up EA's best titles. Yeah. Um. And so just for the record, Beetle Adventure Racing. Uh,
2: Thanks for reminding me, dude. I appreciate oh, that. That was a really me. great game. Oh, spe- not out on that. Speaking of, uh, on
0: that note, Blizzard, on the Super Nintendo, Hidden Gem. I forget what it was called, but it was some kind of racing game. And there was, uh, like, you get to play as orcs and, and stuff. And it was kind of like futuristic apocalyptic like mad max kind of thing I, I have to go look it up it had a weird
2: and a very say, super
0: nintendo kind of name
2: <laughs> i thought you were going to say that lost vikings or something because blizzard put that out too and yeah. that game was dope
0: blizzard used to make good games now they just make whatever now <laughs>
2: well, cash
3: grabs. but i i think it's i think it's fair to expect a good game no, you you put $60, $70 into a game. I think it's fair to say, like, I want a good game. I don't think it's fair to expect that outcome, though, in today's industry. I don't know if that makes sense. You can want a good game. Like, I could want a good job. But I'm not going to get paid the amount that I want to get paid, you know, just because I'm in that industry or whatever. Sure. So I think, I think, Baldur's Gate is kind of a unicorn. Um, you know, like Mark said it's a, it's ahead of its time. I think we'll get there eventually when consumers start speaking with their dollars and I don't I don't put much faith in metacritics and review bombs and things like that. I don't think that really dissuades people from buying a game I think anymore we're at the point now if you slap an EA title on it or a Blizzard tag on it like people are just going to buy it. It's just what it is, you know. It's the latest, it's the greatest, you know. Promises galore, 4K, you know, 5,000 FPS, whatever it is. And people are like, oh, I got the latest and greatest rig I can run. And we're kind of seeing almost a downfall of that with people complaining about Starfield saying, like, it's not running on my PC. And Todd Howard came out and said, well, you need to upgrade your PC. <laughs> yeah, I love that.
2: <laughs> I love that.
3: I love it when the creators um, clap back at the consumers. <laughs> so, you know, I, I want a good game a good quality boulders gate three every time i drop full retail on a game like i want that i don't think it's fair to expect that like i want to win the lottery every time i buy a ticket but you know i might win a dollar to just buy my next ticket you know well i I like boulders gate three i like where it's going i like what it's doing i hope it sets the standard you know i just don't think it's there i don't think it i think people are just too greedy I, I think that's consumers and you know, developers both that are kind of on this greedy fence. And we're just kind of pulling at each other.
1: So I, I agree with that to a certain extent, Bougie. Like, I, I think there's a certain... There's two things to divide out with Baldur's Gate 3. Because it, it, it's a unicorn, in fact, that it hit both of them out of the park. One, it is a non-predatory model, and it's a finished game. Right? And so there's that. Two... Its scope is absolutely ridiculous, right? And so I think it's fair for um, people to go to future games that come out and say, we cannot expect the scope of Baldur's Gate 3. I think that's I think that's entirely fair. Like if the next whatever, like the next Destiny expansion that comes out, for example, that I will most likely play, I don't need to expect the scope and the attention to detail that Baldur's Gate 3 has they've done something really unique. And in that way, I do think in some ways the team at Laren studios, Laren studios, whatever is is really quite cool. But I don't think it is unrealistic for us to look at the other side of the unicorn that is Baldur's gate and say, I do want games that when I pay you for them are done a, <laughs> and I do want games that I'm not going to pay for and then be preyed upon. Right. Uh, like, yeah. I think that's entirely fair for uh, a consumer to expect after Baldur's Gate 3 has come out to say the scope of the game is it's amazing and I love it. But like, I, I do not want the next time I get an expansion for destiny from Bungie to have a third of a story when they Mm -hmm. promised me an entire story. I don't want my games to make my NPCs fall through the maps. When you promised me, you delayed this so that wouldn't happen. And I don't want to come into my thing and give you give you forty dollars or you know whatever I guess forty bucks or fifty bucks for the game in the case of Destiny right for the expansion and then another twenty bucks every couple of months and then also on top of that you you're gonna lock you're gonna make nothing actually obtainable that looks cool in game that everything that I would that I want to get for the game I then have to go to your cash store and give you more money for hmm. uh, I I I think it's perfectly reasonable for the consumers to look and say. We don't want that model anymore. We don't want that model anymore. And you should rise to the standard that Baldur's Gate 3 has set in releasing a game that's actually finished. And that isn't just trying to squeak extra pennies out of me the entire time I'm in it. Um, and I, you know what? That's the exact same reason I think DC Dual Force will be dead on arrival. Is because, because there are card games that have, be, before Dual Force comes out, that has changed the way that games are played, right? You have Pokemon TCG Live that basically said, we're going to give you the cards, play the game, right? If you want to play the online client, go buy the physical cards if you want to play physical cards. We're not going to prey upon you on the app. Um, You have games like Marvel Snap that said, we're going to give you basically all of the cards. You're going to be able to earn all of those and you're going to be able to earn some of the cool cosmetics. You have games like Legends of Runeterra. Those games have changed digital card games in such a way that games that have the monetary model of Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering Arena can no longer continue to exist, right? Mm-hmm. The, those two have player base that allows them continue to exist. But new games that come out, they're basically shouted out of the space. They're dead before they even get released if they have the monetary models of Hearthstone now um because we just have come to expect something different because snap has raised the bar because wintera has raised the bar and i think i hope that bg3 raises the bar when it comes to aaa rpg type games um and just as we want we want finished games whenever whenever we buy them from you
2: jt i found rpm racing and rock and roll racing rock and roll racing that's okay. the one
0: yeah the game rock and roll. was really fun for about 2 or 3 hours <laughs>
2: Had such songs as "Bad to the Bone" by George Thorogood and the Destroyers, "Highway Star" by Deep Purple, "Paranoid" by Black Sabbath, "Born to Be Wild" by Steppenwolf, and of course, "Radar Love" by Golden Earring.
0: Yeah, That was just a different. Like, it, gaming used to be such a different landscape where you could do stuff like that. It's it's wild.
2: Yeah, my, go, go, my, go play that game. It's good. My dad used to program video games for uh, the Commodore sixty four. He actually has a couple of. He was he was with a company called Epics. That um, okay. He produced um, Summer Games 1, Summer Games 2, World Games. Uh, he was on a whole line of games called... Um, well, he he and he did a game called 4x4. You can actually search my dad's name up and you'll see him. He was... I can't remember what he did. He was at least a programmer there. He did a whole bunch of stuff called the Street Sport Games. Uh, street Sport Baseball, Street Sport Basketball. And so when I was growing up, I had a Commodore 64 128 that was like a dev model. And he would bring home with a cartridge called a Fast Load. And essentially, I mean, it was like this big box. It was like this large. And he'd pro- be programming these games. My mom actually used to write the music for some of them, which was totally awesome. But we'd get to see these games in progress. And like, there, it was a weird landscape because it was essentially just like a blob of black. Like, it was just like black boxes, like moving around a world. And they would program those. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it was like, and now you have a sprite. And that was like the last thing you would do. And nowadays, you start from the other side. You have all of these assets. You've got the Unreal Engine. You know, you've got your Unreal Store. You've got your Unity, whatever is powering it. You get all your assets first, and then you make them move. And it's a totally different mindset shift because no longer do you think of this is a tangent and a half. No longer <laughs> are you thinking Talk about to. gameplay. You're now thinking about look, and then gameplay comes later. It used to be, get you started with a core idea of a game, and then you had to like piece together what it looked like. I don't know which one's better. I don't know which one's worse. Uh, but the the entire model is less of I'm thinking about the gamer and more of I'm thinking about the look of it I'm thinking about the sheen of it I'm thinking about you know because like the thing everyone says about starfield man it looks really good this looks beautiful I'm sitting on a vista and it looks beautiful it's like that's great what about the story because the story has been just sort of mid right now mm-hmm.
3: so I will say the quest line that I'm doing for starfield has been pretty enjoyable it's the I'm seeking to get my uc citizenships i don't want to spoil too much but cool i'm basically killing big aliens but i do want to ask one question i do want to ask one question to you guys and it's kind of one of the topic button points um in i think that video or tweet do you think baldur's gate 3's success is kind of rooted in that since dungeons and dragons is such a big thing now you know, with, with Critical Role and all the different Dungeons & Dragons feats that we have for 5e, Ranger Things, yeah. like, Do you think, I mean, we all know Baldur's Gate 3 is a good game, but if you compare Larian Studios' game to Larian Studios' game, which is Divinity 2, to Baldur's Gate 3, Baldur's Gate 3 is crushing Divinity 2. And Divinity 2 is a good game, mm-hmm. but it's not on the level. So do you think the success of D&D is playing into the part of the success of Baldur's Gate
2: 3? I think you needed DOS 2 to get Baldur's Gate because DOS and DOS 2, they proved that Larian could actually do it. You know, like that without without Divinity, especially the uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which was like, that game is awesome. Without that, like, you don't have Baldur's Gate. You don't have the mechanics. You don't have the look and the feel of it. And you don't have the cultural cachet of a bunch of nerds on the internet going, oh my gosh, this game is so good, like myself. Uh, I was just quoting myself. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I think the D and D definitely plays. It has to play a part in it, right? D and D is wildly popular right now. Um, you know, there's been people who I think have played Baldur's Gate three because of the hype. I think there's people who played Baldur's Gate three because they're D and D players and they're like, I, I listened to a podcast called The Secret Cabal and they are not video gamers, right? They're TTRPG players and and things, and they are playing Baldur's Gate and they they don't really play video games. But why they're playing Baldur's Gate because they're like, hey, we can do this on a Discord call. The guys from the, the guys and gals from the podcast, they made their characters and they got in and played. And I and they're like, wow, this is literally, you know, one of the reasons that Gloomhaven was so big was because it got the phrase, it's Dungeons and Dragons in a box, and it's the most popular board game of all time. Right. And this is like this is Dungeons and Dragons. It, it, it's much as close to Dungeons and Dragons in a video game that it could possibly be. That's what Baldur's Gate 3 is. So uh, yes, I think it has had a pretty big impact. But I think the bigger impact is actually how Larian did uh, early access. Um, I think that allowed the slow burn of hype to just grow. Like the awareness for this game was so high because we had multiple years where you had a mostly finished first act that you got to play through. And then every couple of months they release a new class and they let you play it. They release a new thing and they let you play it. I think so many people played that game that it just got word of mouth out about it, right? There was just a lot of people with word of mouth. They knew this game. There's a lot of people who, when it came out, you know, I think when a new game comes out, like I think of like Hogwarts Legacy, for example, like when that came out, I really did want to play that game and I was interested in it, but I was like, I don't really have the 60 or 70 bucks to throw at it, right? Mm, I don't really have... but do you know how many people bought Baldur's Gate 3 before release and early access and they already threw their $60 at it months and months or years ago? And then it is no big thing on release day for them to boot it up because they already paid for it, right? There's Mm. no financial obstacle on release day for 800,000 people to log on their servers at the same time and play the game because they... They already sold it. They already sold it to them. Now they're just giving it to them. Right. And it was a, It was a really interesting, because it wasn't like an early access, hey, come play this game for free, like some games are, and then buy it when it comes out. It was like, buy it now. We'll give you updates, and you can play it for the next couple of years, and then we'll give you the full game. And maybe that was a hard sell at first, but they did such a good job with it. I think a lot of people already owned it on release day. And so it was like, I, you know, for me, it was almost like it came out on Game Pass that day. I already had it, you know, and so I just, yep, downloaded the new version of it and booted it up and played it on release day. Um, where I did not do that with Diablo, I didn't do that with Harry Potter, I didn't do that. With, I it was a wait and see for all of those other AAA titles for me, um, to see if this was something I'm gonna play. And then, oh, well, you know what? I didn't buy them almost any of them, with the exception of Tears of the Kingdom this year, so. I, I think D and D did help, but I honestly think the way they handled early access was probably one of the coolest ways I've seen a game handle early access. Right? Uh, Fortnite was in beta for like seven years, uh, and so <laughs> you know still in beta, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no I have no idea. Anyway, yeah, that that's just my thought. Is like I I think that they did a a handful of things very very well that had an impact on its success. Not just the D and D IP, although the D and D IP did not hurt
0: think um the one thing i would add because both of those are really good points is uh you know Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 have an incredibly uh, well-known legacy like you know we, you say Baldur's Gate and even if you haven't played it you've probably heard of it and you know that's what i'm 30 and it was freaking 20 years ago um maybe even longer <laughs> uh that people have been playing those games to death I think still to this day people are playing those those two games maybe not right now because three is out and it's freaking killing but yeah I I do think all all of those factors and maybe even some more uh factors that we're not thinking about might be a big reason for its success I think it's been a a big culmination of things and it's it's funny that uh y'all call it a unicorn because thinking on it now talking about this yeah that's that that's a pretty apt name, I think, for this. Um, and I don't think uh, every game needs to be that. Also, hi, hi, Seth. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> uh, hour Seth, of the show, we know. finally got someone in. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think we should expect, uh, nor get upset when you know most games aren't unicorns. I think we should just expect most games to be like decent, you know, and just what we pay for, and that that's about it, really and um getting away from especially video games of all things like I, I understand mmos i understand card games i understand warhammer these being lifestyle games like i i get that you you know what you're you're signing up for but when everything is a lifestyle game like i don't want to play diablo for freaking six months to a year or whatever i, I, I play that game for like a week or two life. yeah the rest of my life i don't want to play diablo 4 for the next 30 years um I'll play it for like a couple of weeks. And uh, after Not I'm done seeing the numbers fly all over the place, like I'm, you know, I, I, I did the that. story. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. You know, uh, I'm the kind of guy who goes in for an experience. I, I enjoy it. I move on. You know, I, I'm going to play sea of stars. I'm going to do everything in it. Cause the game's just really gripping me and I'll put it down and I might pick it up again when I get the physical copy, because I just like it that much. Um, but yeah, that, that's how much I replay things. Hardly ever. <laughs> and I I don't know a ton of people who really do stick with like just a video game for that long. you know, you got these people who've been playing Skyrim for 15 years. I don't know how they're doing that. Uh, <laughs> but good on you, I guess. Uh, I played it once. It was fun. I don't imagine myself going back to I never even beat it. But I did so much in it where I was like, ah, I have put my time in. I'm good. You know? I'd have to be really bored and have just nothing else to do to go back to, to Skyrim. I'm looking for the next thing, you know. Um, and I think it's probably, hopefully, most people. Um, on that note, um, we are a little over an hour. I want to respect everyone's time and my wife's time because it is our birth anniversary, as she likes to call it. We got married in between our birthdays, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know if I've ever heard of that that holiday. That's pretty dope. You might have to celebrate that. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> Do with it way you will. Um, but yeah, I I did want to uh, go ahead and wrap up here because I know we got stuff uh, we're doing. I think Boogie has to go soon. So
3: yeah, I got Marvel Champions to go play. That's right.
0: Oh, it tastes sweet. <laughs> it tastes
3: so sweet. <laughs> I need to play it. Champions I and laundry, that baby. Let's go.
0: Is that on? Uh, is that uh, something on I can buy table. on on Tabletop Simulator? Can I get that? <laughs>
3: probably not. I think I think there's something on Tabletop Simulator for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look. I want to learn how to I play think that. it's like just weird and crazy. But no, nah, I usually do a round of Marvel Champions and then wait for the dryer to beep and then I go fold some laundry and then I put it away and go back to Marvel Champions.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: That is my that is my evening. We're probably going to go to the, the store and buy some frozen pizza or something for the kids. Fair enough. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: with that, um, this is where we end the show and then do plugs. So is there anything that you guys want to, to plug, uh, before we, we close out here? Join a small group. Join a small group.
3: Join a small
0: group. I keep looking over here like the camera's over there, but it's, it's right there. <laughs> um, and as always, and I, I think Mark will appreciate this, uh, this is not a Christian podcast, uh, but we are Christians and we would like to direct you towards, uh, a really good church, uh, the one that Mark runs here, um, Lux Digital Church. You can Google it. You'll find it. Um, join the Discord. It's a, that's technically where the church kind of resides. The, uh, the sermons are on Twitch, however, uh, along with any other streams that, that he tends to do. There's, there's a lot of streams on Twitch <laughs> that they do, and uh, they're all great. So uh, definitely uh, join uh, Lux Digital Church, even if you know, you're not looking for the religion or whatever if you're just looking for a good community um it's a great community there's a lot of really great people there and it's growing every day so yeah hope to see you there and uh join a small group
3: (laughs) um don't join the church but join the small group yeah yeah join the church to
0: join the small group
1: (laughs) yeah the uh, the uh, the, yeah that's actually fine with us so if you want to join a small group first that's actually gold
0: so yeah no problem (laughs) with that uh and as always you can follow me on uh twitter or x or whatever we're calling it these days nothing we're not uh, calling it anything <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't mean. post terribly often because uh it's too much of a distraction but when you know when, when we uh have a show going or a project up um twix. yeah you can you can like follow me on that do it twix oh <laughs> oh yeah twix yeah uh, twixer yeah, you can follow me at 10yen games uh, on, on there. And uh, yeah, if I have any projects or anything I want to share, I'll, I'll throw it up there. Uh, otherwise, you can find me in Lux, usually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, till next time, guys, uh, I think we'll be covering uh, Star Ocean, finally. <laughs> you know the motto of the show? It'll come out when it comes out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, until next time, take it easy, guys. Thanks for showing up, Zell. <laughs>